Welcome to Boys of Summer. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, and I'm joined by my two buddies, Gene Gums and Eric Braun. We're all guys over the age of 50. So, Gene, before we get started on the podcast tonight, I want to ask you, have you had your blood pressure checked lately? <laughs> um, not in the last a few months, no. Okay. Why? <laughs> have, have you seen your cardiologist lately? Uh, I don't have one of those. My heart's in pretty good shape. I don't need one, at least not yet. Okay. Well, although, although, although the Red Sox are trying to make <laughs> it so that I'll need one soon. but This is the point, folks. Gene has a morning show every morning, pretty much during the week, um, at sportscountry.net, and I listen to it, and I swear he's going to blow a blood vessel any time in that show. <laughs> he's been so frustrated by the Boston Red Sox, whom he loves, by Major League Baseball in general, I thought he needed a little therapy. That's what we're going to do tonight, Eric. We're going to let Gene have a little right. therapy to lower that like blood it. pressure. Oh, so we're good. Be a kinder, a kinder, gentler podcast. Well, a, I wouldn't go that far, man. <laughs> oh, are we venting? Are not, we getting it all be out? out? Is it one of those? It's sort of a combination therapy session. Maybe we'll find some things to laugh about. Um, well, I, I would, I would, I, I would think that as much as the Astros have been struggling, I would think that uh, Eric's got a little to vent about as well. Uh, I don't care that much about the Astros. He's a Royals well, fan. He's a Royals. Yeah, fan. But he, yeah, but you live I'm in here. Houston, so, so you're living it. That's true. Yeah, well, I've, I'm starting to distance myself <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit from the Astros. Eric's still living on the high of the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Exactly, exactly. I, I have very few sports worries right now. Hey, that's a good way to go. Uh, we haven't had a podcast for a while, but our last podcast we talked about the Houston Astros and the cheating, and I thought that story was going to die down, and good old... Commissioner Manfred just opened up a whole bunch of controversy with his comments, uh, calling the trophy just a piece of metal. And even LeBron James is weighing in on this whole thing. Guys, do you think this is just a case that we're not into March Madness yet? Or do you think that this is a real story that the commissioner has to step it up one more step? And I'll start with Gene. Well, I think, I mean, I don't think this is, has anything to do with I don't this is going this is not going away I guess that's what I'm trying to say I mean it, whether we have March Madness or not if you're involved in baseball and you love baseball and or you love professional sports in general and you're talking about something that goes to the core of the game where you are cheating the core of the game I mean I think that anybody I think that's one of the reasons why LeBron James has stepped in if he found out somebody was cheating in the NBA, it would be the same kind of thing. I mean, uh, so I don't. I think this is this goes a lot deeper than just baseball. This goes to the core of what we believe in. I mean, look, we've had cheating scandals in college basketball before. You know, we of course we all go all the way back to the Black Sox. There's been there's been some gambling issues in the NFL before. This is some, something that I think that we take our sports very seriously in this country. So I think I don't I don't think it's going away. I don't think March Madness is going to make this quiet down. I think. The only thing that's going to make this quiet down is the first couple of months of the season going away. Until Houston has made a, a round of the major leagues and every fan has had a chance to yell at them and every or put up as many signs in the stands as they want to have, until that happens, this isn't going away. Right, and I think the, the careers or the legacies of Altuve and the Houston Astros are going to be always tainted by this. Uh, Eric, the reason I brought up March Madness is some people believe there's media cycles and this has fallen into a really 
uh, interesting media cycle. And in some ways, we're talking about baseball more than we ever have for the wrong reasons. Do you think this is mostly media cycle for the non-big-time baseball fans? No, I think um, I think I think Gene kind of outlined sort of a best case scenario. You know, I, you you look at it the way this season's going to go. Yeah, you know, best case scenario. You know, there's just highlights of the Strohs showing up to every stadium, and either you know, you know, maybe just maybe it's just signs uh, shown their way and not you know pitches at their heads. Um, but you know, should there be some fisticuffs and uh, other, you know, things going on, which is even if it's, you know, accidental, it's going to be a big deal. So I, this thing's got legs. It's going to last all season long. Every time there's any sort of a kerfuffle uh, with the Astros, it's going to it's going to be big news. Um, it may, you know, as far as a national story, you know, on the nightly news or whatever, it, it might calm down, uh, but it's, it's going to keep popping up all year long. I think you can count on that. So you have our word for tonight, kerfuffle. I like that word. <laughs> kerfuffle, kerfuffle. Do you know what it means? Or where it comes from? I think it means a hassle, right? Or a controversy? Right, just yeah, a little bit of a controversy. And also fisticuffs. I thought I was pretty good with that. Yeah, word. I like just, it. I'm, oh, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep bringing my word game. Uh, I like tonight. it. It's good. Um Gene, I thought I'd read a lot about this story, and you're our expert on on following baseball closely. And John LaCroix, the veteran catcher, had an article, or at least he was quoted in an ESPN article today, about how they knew, other teams knew about the Astros for two years, and when they went to Houston, they were constantly changing their signs, but somehow the Astros have a computer-type system that would break it down almost as fast as they could change it. Did you read this story as well and have any thoughts? Yeah, I did. And it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's uh, I mean, and you come to find out that, you know, this really kind of started in the front office, which is why, you know, you look back at Jeff Lunau getting fired. A lot of people, you know, wondered about that. Well, you come to find out it was an intern that kind of came up with this whole algorithm and a way to start this whole problem. So, yeah, no, I read that. And the thing that bothers me the most about the whole thing, Paul, is that teams contacted Major League Baseball about the Houston Astros and the cheating a long time before anything was ever done. Mike Fires coming out publicly and saying something was the straw that broke the camel's back. But as you said, Jonathan Lucroy and a whole, whole bunch of other teams, that, you know, the Oakland Athletics said that they called uh, the uh, the commissioner's office back early in 2017 to complain and to say, hey, they're cheating, and we know they're cheating, and nothing was ever done. So, you know, that that's why I think part of the problem with Rob Manfred right now, I mean, of course, he keeps – he keeps, you know, inserting foot in mouth and shoving mm-hmm. it deeper every time he yes. speaks. But I think that's part of the problem people have with him right now is everybody knows that teams were complaining about the Astros for years. And it wasn't until Fires finally called them. And when he came out publicly, Manfred had no choice. But until then, he sat on it. And I think that's what has people so worked up. But isn't this part of the old baseball rules that you don't squeal on each other and they've always tried to steal signs? But this just went to a whole new level. And um, I've read a bunch of players commenting, like, not only does this affect uh, the Dodgers or the Yankees, and we can talk which one may have won the World Series if Houston wasn't in there, but they were talking about how affected these guys who were pitchers on the edge of making the team or not, and if they got bombed by the Astros... I mean, that might have affected um, their pay or their career in some way. 
So they were saying how this affected a lot of different people. Uh, Kendall, who was a, I forget his first name, who's in the major leagues for a long time, had over 3,000 hits. He was on Dan Patrick's show yesterday, and he was saying if he knew as much as the Astros knew, he could have hit you know way up high in the 300s, maybe even 400. And I thought that might have been stretching it a little too far. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was Jason Kendall, who was a long time yeah. catcher for the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates and a bunch of other teams. Well, John Carlos Stanton came out the other day, and he said, you know, if he knew it was coming that year, he had all those home runs down in Miami. He yeah. said, I want to hit eighty. Yeah, I think that's a little exaggeration. But what about the well, old school baseball rules? Do you think that the baseball did not re- respond because they said this is just part of the no. undercurrent? Mm-mm. No, nope. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why they had. They've had on. I watched the major league baseball baseball network all the time and they've had on guys like john smoltz and cliff floyd and guys that played in the game for a long time and went through scenarios you know what's okay what's not okay and the bottom line is this if you're on second base and you've got a way to figure out what's coming and you can let the hitter know or if you're at the third base coach and you can find out what's coming and you've got a way to let the hitter know have at it because there's nothing wrong with that as soon as you start using binoculars or cameras or any kind of device that's off the field of play, that's in the dugout, in the stands, wherever it is, you have crossed the line. So this isn't this is this has nothing to do with unwritten rules. This has to do with flat out you're introducing something new that was never in the game and should not be allowed. Mm-hmm. I think that's very true, and that's why I think other athletes, professional athletes, have spoken out about this. Right. You know, how far can they go? And once again, last time we had a podcast we talked about how the players because of the player union were not being touched through all this uh eric have you changed your mind do you think the players should be held more responsible well no i haven't changed my mind on that i mean they're the ones who you know ultimately did the act um i still think you know a big part of the the problem is you know that um one, the union you know won't hold them accountable you know i realize that's probably asking a lot um, you know, if, if, but if the, to me, unions, and this is, this goes beyond just baseball, but if you're, if you're going to make it so that your, your members can't be punished for wrongdoing by the company, then there needs to be, you know, some internal mechanism, uh, to, to actually do some, some punishment there. Right. Uh, that just makes sort of, you know, sense to me. The other, the other piece of that though, is that, you know, um, Part of the way that Manfred got the Astros players to go on the record that they had cheated was by promising them, uh, you know, amnesty or whatever. Um, and uh, okay, if you you know, it seems like there was enough evidence even without that um, to, uh, uh, to to show that they had, they had cheated. So I don't know why he kind of gave away the farm on that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think at this point. And some of the Astros have even come out and said, I wish I would have just gotten suspended. You know, it would have helped this go away. Mm. And, you know, maybe they should talk to the union about that, say, hey, look, you know, what can we do to um, make this go away? Because I don't think the other players are going to let it go away, mm. and uh, the fans are certainly not going to let it go away. So, Eric, you live in Houston, and you see that market there. Mm-hmm. And across the country, people really don't believe the Houston Astro players are that uh, contrite. The that's my word of the day. They're not that sorry. I mean, they're saying they're sorry, but it doesn't seem very natural or flowing um, with it. Do you feel like the people in Houston are like, ah, oh, it's no big deal here, move on, um, and giving them more of a free pass? 
Yeah, there's definitely a circle of the wagons. Like I said on the podcast last month, there's definitely a circle of the wagons thing going on here. I don't think, and this kind of goes back to the last point, I don't think there's any way that the players can adequately apologize for it. So no matter what they say, people aren't going to believe them if there's no punishment involved. Mm. So, you know, I, I just, yeah, I mean, if you're in, if you're a Los Angeles fan, are you ever going to, you know, say, oh, okay, well, I guess they said they're sorry. I mean, yeah. if, if I was a, you know, uh, Dodgers fan, I would still be livid. It, it would take a lot more than uh, just an, oh, sorry yeah. kind of deal to get me to. Well, uh, you know, you know here's the thing with me. I, I think if we had one player, if, if one guy on the Astros would come clean and just say, yup, I used it every opportunity I got. Here's what we've got. We've gotten a lot of excuses. We've gotten a lot of, oh, we're sorry. But no one player has come out and said, I, you know, matter of fact, there have been people that say, you know, Carlos Correa tried to, con- uh, you know, was talking about Jose Altuve be coming in the dugout and saying, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Stop messing with my... You know, we haven't heard one player come out and say, I use this system. Nobody will admit to it. That's the problem. Not one person will cop to it. So, not only do the the, the apologies sound hollow, nobody is even saying that... Nobody's even admitting that they actually did anything. They're saying, we're sorry, but nobody's actually coming out and saying, yeah, I did it. Yeah. So, Gene, do you think this has been a terrible black eye on baseball? Or, in a way, the ratings are going to be pretty good when L.A. plays Houston. I mean, they can hype it up. (laughs) Um, It's still a black eye. Uh, It's not – this is not – this is not like the Black Sox scandal. I don't think it's to that level because we didn't have people throwing games. Right. We had people kind of trying to get an unfair advantage to win a game. You can go back to, if you want, to what happened in the NFL when the Patriots were accused of filming somebody's practice or deflate gate if you want to go there. It's just something that's going to follow the Astros. That's going to be an albatross around that franchise's neck for as long as it exists. You know, And I heard a great comment. Somebody said, well, they don't have to strip the Astros of the title because in the in the uh, the court of public opinion, they've already been stripped of that title. No one is ever going to think of that title as being legitimate again, unless you're a Houston Astros fan. Mm. Do you think that the little leagues have gone too far by not having any teams named Astros <laughs> in the little leagues? I mean, I think that's gone too far. You know, my wife, my my wife said that same thing today when we saw it on the news. I I had heard about that this morning. I talked about. On my show this morning, my wife saw it on the news tonight. And she said that seems kind of excessive. Um, I get what they're trying to do, you know. He's, you know, trying to say, well, don't you don't want to take a cheater as an example? But you know, these. Uh, I think it's. I think it might be going a little too far. I I get what he's trying to do, and and you know, he's trying to do the noble thing, I guess. And you know, frankly, maybe he's trying to say, look at me, a little bit too much. But right, you know, whatever. right. That's and for me, I mean, fine. I mean, I think. Probably nobody wants to be the Astros this year. <laughs> this year, um, so it probably didn't really have to be a rule. But uh, but I think right. I think you know having a press conference, or making a statement about it, that's where it went too far. I I can see why they would do it, but you know, yeah, it's it's the look at me aspect of that that's kind of like yeah. eye rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a. I think it is a big stain on baseball, and I think baseball needs to have some more positive stories. 
Um, last time we talked about it compared to steroids. Um, my friend Ernest thinks that the Astros should embrace it and just say, yeah, we're bad boys. We did it. And we're going to try all we can to beat you the fairway this time. You know, I don't know at this point. But we are talking about baseball. Well, more that's going, I'll tell you what. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. That's going, that's going to be the Astros rallying cry this year. Yeah. They're going to go out and they are going to want to beat the hell out of everybody. And they're going to say, see, you know, you know, you say whatever you want. We were going to beat you anyway. Mm. Wow. Imagine if they made the World Series again. The Wow. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I, I hope they do. I hope it's the, the Astros and the Dodgers in the World Series again. <laughs> you know what? If, if you if you want a perfect script for how this ends, yeah. that would be it. With the Dodgers winning in seven? And, and if there is a – yeah, if, I was going to say if there is a – God in heaven, then <laughs> then the Dodgers win it in seven games. And that, Kershaw is the winning pitcher. That's what has to happen. To even better, even better. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, Darvish came out about how it wasn't fair, but Darvish was going downhill when he was pitching against uh, the Astros in 2017. Anyways, I don't think that was all. It wasn't all. Sign, yeah, but you stealing. know. Well, you know, here's the thing, and, and you know, people keep talking about how the, the Astros cheated the the Yankees out of getting to the World Series that year. What people seem to forget is the first team that the Astros beat before they got to the Yankees was the Red Sox. Oh, those and poor Red Sox great, never yeah, win anything. Well, you know, they just well, poor yeah, Red but Sox. I, I get no, I'm not even here's what but here's the here's my point. You're not you're not <laughs> helping. You're I'm not trying to get your blood pressure up, pressure. man. Yeah. Yeah. You're not helping my blood pressure. You're not helping. <laughs> But here, Chris Sale had a great year that year. He, you know, this was before any of his injuries. He was dynamite. He yeah. got absolutely lit up by Houston. Mm. In, in Houston, they were they they were hitting the ball miles, and he couldn't figure out what was going on either. And I remember after the game, he said, "I stunk, no excuses." And then he finds out later that they're cheating, and he goes, "Hmm, well, maybe I didn't stink as much as I thought <laughs> I did." But you know, this is a guy that nobody could touch all year, right? And, they're hitting rockets off of them, you know. So who knows what would have happened then? They might the the Astros might not even have gotten to the Yankees. It could have been the Red Sox and the Yankees for the World Series, hmm. or to go to the World Series. Hmm. Yeah, it's it stinks. It was just a bad look, and th- nobody stood up and said we can't do this. Nobody, the manager, you know, Lynch never said right. no. We're done with this, or the president, and the owners tried to apologize twice. Um, I think that nobody said this is the right thing to do. We got to stop it. It says a lot about the players, I think, as well. So, well, David Ortiz was David Ortiz was interviewed. Today, um, in, in, sorry, you know what? You keep skipping out on uh, on my uh, my headset, so I'm not hearing you. Okay, go ahead. You're fine. Um, it must be. Um, David Ortiz was at spring training today, and that's the one thing that he said about the cheating thing. He didn't go too much in. What he said, but the one thing I can't understand is why nobody ever stepped up and said, this is wrong. Stop it. He said, because if somebody big in that clubhouse, if if Jose Altuve or Alex Bregman or George Springer, if one of those guys had stood up and said, stop it right now, it would have ended. But nobody did. And that's the part he can't wrap his head around. Of course, he also said that Mike Frears was uh, being a snitch. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, well, so his opinion. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that's well, that well, yeah. Except that he, what he objected to isn't that Fires was against it, was that Fires didn't come out and do it in the clubhouse and say, "Hey, right. stop it." Yeah, he did it publicly. That's the issue everybody has with Fires is that it it wasn't 
it was done publicly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. All right. Well, let's move on to something else, and that's Major League Baseball <sighs> new rules. Thank you. I, I've got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had enough of that. All right. Your blood pressure is okay. I'm sweating. <laughs> um, we are having a little bit of audio, but we'll keep problems, but we'll keep going here. The MLB has new rules, and the one that gets me sort of riled up, and I think it really affects the flow of the game and the way managers can manage, is that requiring all pitchers to throw to three batters unless the uh, inning ends. Is that the way we understand it, Gene? Yeah, that's how it is. Um you know, unless yeah, unless it's the end of an inning, you can pitch the one batter, and they can change out after that as long as it's the end of the inning. Um, I, I, you know what, I agree with you to a point where it does change the way managers manage, and it's never been that way in the history of baseball. But we have never been to the point where you can have four or five pitchers in one inning now to get you know three outs. It's crazy, you know. And I'm I don't have a problem with this simply because. Analytics has taken us to a point where we are micromanaging this game. We are micromanaging the fun and the life out of baseball. Mm. And I am sick and tired of seeing games, especially in the postseason, where a manager will go out and bring in a different pitcher for every bat. Mm. You want to talk about length of games. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's nuts. So I I don't know how this is going to play out, and it may end up being an, an unmitigated disaster. By the way, there's my name, there's my word for the day, unmitigated. <laughs> Good job. Um, Good job. It, it may be a disaster, but I, I'm all for trying this. Anything to get the game, because I actually, I disagree with you, Paul. I think this will get the flow of the game back. It will get the game back to the way it used to be before mm. we had what they call the loogies, the left, you know, the lefty only specialist guy, you know. That, <laughs> loogies mean okay something different this. to me, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Lugie was a left left-handed only guy. That's what it stands for. L O O G Y. The Lugies. But we didn't have those before. You know, guys used to get saves. Sparky Lyle and Goose Gossage when they were getting saves, they would pitch two and three innings. You know, we didn't have guys going out to pitch one inning or I mean one third of an inning. Uh, so I'm okay with this. We'll see how it was, see how it works out. It might be a mess, but I'm okay with trying it. Eric, what do you think? Well, I, I was really against it until Gene um, <laughs> made uh, some really good points there. Um, <clears throat> I still, man, it really it, it bugs me that the manager, you know, it, it does take a lot of the manager influence um, out of the game. Uh, and again, you know, it's kind of like some of those, some of the rules we talked about, I think it was last year, uh, about how different ways to speed up the game. And I'm always in favor of speeding up the game in the regular season. I don't care as much in the postseason. Um, you know, I agreed. You know, I think you know, play to win. You know, do you know, swap pitchers. You know, whatever. Because sometimes, you know, especially if you're in a National League park, you can kind of paint yourself into a corner um, if you start swapping too much. Oh, it seems like in postseason they just have. I, do they carry more pitchers? <laughs> it seems like the pitchers go on forever. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the regular season games are the ones that really need um, more of a goose uh, to get get them over. Because you know, a four hour regular season game under most circumstances is is just ridiculous, and it happens. It, yeah. it happens more often than not. Well, maybe not more often than not. Well, and, and it often. may we we. 
Well, maybe, and maybe we'll find that this will be something that will be a regular season only rule. Well, if they decide this works, but they want to relax it for the postseason, I'd be okay with that because you're right. Postseason baseball is a different thing. But I'm sick and tired of Red Sox Yankee games going four hours and 15 minutes on a Sunday night game that starts at seven o'clock and I'm up till midnight. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's not, yeah, especially for you that you have to get up and actually be coherent yeah, in the morning. Yes. Mm. Well, well, or semi. Semi, whatever. In yeah. light of the recent controversy with the Astros, it's been proposed another new rule should be that there should be a, a audio system to the pitcher and the catcher, so that the pit catcher can speak the uh, signals into the microphone, and just those two plus maybe even the manager would be on the same signal, much like football has the quarterback and the coach on the same wavelength. Are you guys in favor of that, Gene? No. How's that? No, I've, no, think, I've never heard you do I, I think, a one-word answer before. I was shocked. <laughs> well, I think I think there's too many. I think there's too, too many things that can go wrong. Number one, you're asking a guy who's going to be sweating his rear end off to wear put something in his ear. Um, I think that's got you know, and you're not going to have him wear a full headset. I just I don't. I think there's too many things that can go wrong. I think it'll be uncomfortable. Then what happens when the headset goes out? The same way it happens in football, then nobody can use them. And I, I, I no, I, I just look. Here's the deal. Well, here's what we know about the cheating thing. They figured out the Astros were cheating. So last year, anytime anybody anybody played the Astros, they mixed up their signs to the point where the Astros couldn't cheat. You know, it was almost impossible. And so I, I, I think that I, I don't think it's necessary. I just don't. All right, Eric, what do you think? Technology. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not afraid to to try out some other technology to get around other technology that. Um, <laughs> That uh, uh, that the Astros are using. Um, I think I think that's okay if it works. You'll test it out, see what happens. Don't make, don't you know make it so that it has to be that way. But if you know if if that's a legal thing, might as well do it. And I'm saying that as you know a, a Chiefs fan who uh, had watched Elvis Skurback completely lose his mind and <laughs> and uh, not be able to call a call at all because his headset went out. Let it go, Eric. Let it right. go, Eric. It's twenty. No, years I can't ago, let it go. I know, and we just won the Super Bowl. But uh, but yeah, Kerback flew it <laughs> against the Broncos at home when we were on our way to the Super Bowl. Elvis left yep. this decade, man. Let it go. <sighs> Elvis Kerback, don't get me started. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So we're moving on. I know how you both well, feel sure. about uh, uh, machines calling balls and strikes. I just can't believe you're even thinking about that. But um, yeah, I just that would take way too much. But one of the things that I'd like to talk about this time of year is comeback players. I think every year there's a player or two that got injured a year before. And when I was a young boy, there was always a player that I think, oh, come on, Kaline, you can go one more year. Or, um, you know, Willie Horton or some player that I really loved, but you could tell he was getting older or he was coming off injury and could he regain his old form. And you probably know that Ichiro is throwing with the Mariners as a pitcher, maybe as a publicity stunt, maybe not, but there's a potential comeback player of the year. So uh, who knows? Um, do you guys have any ideas of comeback players of the year? Or maybe you could draw back on your fabulous memory of baseball and talk about other great comeback players of the year. Uh, well, you know, they haven't officially had the comeback player. That's only been an official thing in baseball since 2005. It was never an oh really official comeback player of the year award until two thousand yeah it wasn't until two thousand and five so um, I'll tell you a guy that uh, I, 
Mike, the greatest comeback player of all, Ted Williams. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In 1942, the guy hits like, I don't know, 350, and then takes the next three years off to serve in the military. Comes back in 1946, it hits uh, 342 with 38 homers and 123 runs batted in. <laughs> that's, not, that's not too bad. So uh, he would be my, uh, I think that's the great, and, and by the way, just to follow that, up. He took two years off to fight in Korea as well and came back and hit uh, 345 the year he came back in 1954 from the Korean War with uh, like 30 homers and 90 That's runs just batted. Showing so, off, he's the great, yeah. so he's the greatest comeback player of all time. Nice. That's a good one. See, I did my homework. Way to go, yeah, Gene. I, I, was, I was thinking about that and I was, you know, it, obviously not nearly as dramatic as, uh, as Ted Williams, but. Uh, uh, but Rick Ankiel, I don't know if you remember back when he yes. was pitching with St. Louis. Yep. And yeah, and he like uh, totally, you know, got a, I think he said he got a case of the yips in the playoffs. Yep. And he threw like five wild pitches in a row and just completely lost his ability to pitch. Like not in a, like barely off the uh, <laughs> strike zone. He couldn't, you know, he was like throwing it to the backstop. Yeah, that was, was a crazy. Mer- and then he, the like, ages. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, sort of reinvented himself as a right fielder and came back and his first at bat hits a home run. Um, so, uh, and he ended up playing, I think, another three or four years yeah. um, as an outfielder. So I think that's a that's a kind of a nice that's story. A good one. Yeah. Yep. Go on. I have a story, and I realized the other day my son had never heard the story of Ron LaFleur. Ron LaFleur played uh, for Tigers, Detroit Tigers outfield, and he actually was in jail. And after he got out of jail, had a tryout and made the Tigers and really straightened out his life. And, and they made a movie. And I wonder if you guys remember the guy that played him in the movie. Oh, wow. No. No, I don't remember. Think I don't even remember the movie. Rainbow. LeVar Burton played him. <laughs> you, know, I was, I, you know what? I was going to say that, too. <laughs> but I was I, because that was that was right around because uh, around time of roots. Yes, it was. That's right. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who my I tell you who my comeback player of the year candidate is this year. Um, I think it's going to be uh, uh, at least I hope it's going to be because I really like this guy, <laughs> uh, Scooter Jeanette. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a guy that. You know, a guy that that was a great player and uh, last year got hurt, you know, hit 226 last year, uh, you know, after two years in a row hitting 300 or better, you know, hitting 25 to 30 home runs and driving in 90 plus runs every year. And uh, basically got given away for a bag of balls. Mm. And uh, so I think I he's my candidate this year. He's Right now he's still a free agent, but he is going to get a job somewhere, and he's going to rake. I, I, I just got a feeling he's going to. He's only twenty nine years old, so I think, uh, I think he's my candidate this year for comeback yeah. player. I thought you were going to talk about Petroya, your second baseman. He's Is not it? coming back. He's done. He's so, <laughs> he's so done, huh? His career, his career is as done as mine. <laughs> wow, that's that's a pretty strong statement, Eric. Do you have any other comeback players you want to talk about? Uh, for this year, uh, I I think Noah Snydergaard's got to come back. I mean, the 4.3, almost 4.28 ERA last year. I think he's uh, primed for a comeback. I mean, obviously, you know, Stanton is coming back, you know, from injury. Yep. He could have a he could have a good year, but uh, Snydergaard's probably my uh, pick of a guy who's 
I know, I know. Sorry, um, but I think Snydergard has a pretty good <laughs> shot at uh, at uh, coming back this year. So you think by the fact, you know, by the, by the way, Eric, his name it's Cindergard. Cindergard. I always want. But I, uh, always call. That's all right because. No, you know what though? Because now I'm going to do that all year on my show. <laughs> he is now going to be Snydergard every time I talk about him. I, <laughs> yeah, I, sorry, I just, sorry, I just wrote that down. I, I just wrote that down right next to my uh, my mixer here <laughs> when I do my show. It's so I will not forget to call him that. That is because Eric's perfect. a big Duke Snyder fan. That's why I just sort of slipped a big in there. Duke Snyder fan, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's but that's his new name as far as I'm Snydergard. Snyder. Look like for it on outstanding. Snyder. All right. Well, guys, we have one more uh, segment for the show, and it's called Game of Fabulous Baseball Quotes. And I'm going to give you a quote and two people that could have said it, and then you can guess who said it. And some of these are pretty old, um, but then again, we're getting a little old, too. So maybe we'll know these. So, Gene, you ready to go? Like, oh, okay, go ahead. I know the enthusiasm is just overwhelming me right now. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't like looking like a fool. And just, I got a I got a bad feeling about they this. They can't oh, see you on a podcast, Gene. It's okay. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> Unlike your Facebook, hey folks, if you want to see Gene, though, you can see him on Facebook. Just by the way. Oh yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> you know, I, I really debated whether to do that or not, because now I gotta like you know I gotta do my hair and. <laughs> oh, that takes two seconds, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. All right. All right. Here it's we really go. the only way to enjoy Gene's show. That's right. <laughs> all right so we're having a little bit of delay on here so we'll try to keep it good for the listener here all right here are the two quotes and then or one quote and i'll give you two choices the quote is slump i'm not in the slump i'm just not hitting did yogi Berra say that or babe ruth yogi Berra. you're right yogi Berra said that Babe Ruth said this, never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. So Babe was a little more optimistic than Yogi. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Eric, you ready for your quote? Yeah, fire away. All right. Who said, if my uniform doesn't get dirty, I haven't done anything in the baseball game. Did Ricky Henderson or Pete Rose say that? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Pete Rose. And Ricky Henderson. Uh, Pete Rose did say that. I would have I said the same thing. Pete yeah. Rose said, playing baseball for a living is like having the license to steal. So, <laughs> I know. Can't argue Classic. for that. Yeah. Uh, all right, Gene, here's your quote. Just ask the Astros. Your quote is this. I could have played baseball another year, but that would have been playing for the money, and baseball deserves better than that. Who said that, George Brett or Hank Aaron? Hank Aaron. You are wrong. George Brett said that. that really? Huh. Yeah. Wow. Eric's favorite player of all time, I think. It's I, true, yeah. I like, yeah. I, like, I, like, I like him even more. Yeah. Hank Aaron actually said, well, it took me 17 years to get 3,000 hits in baseball, and I did that in one afternoon on the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me. Awesome. I know. Uh, and, and Hank did play for a long time, so maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and and George, you know, I mean, he won the batting title a couple of years before he uh, left the game. All right, so I'm trying to remember. I'm with uh, G- who's next up here? Eric, are you up? Eric, yes. Eric is. All right, Eric. We're into the manager section. These are the old time managers. 
So, here's the quote. Being with a woman all night never hurt no professional baseball player. It's staying up all night looking for a woman that does him in. Did Casey Stengel or Leo DeRocher say that? I'm going to go with Leo DeRocher. Leo the Lip. Leo Lip? No, you're wrong. Casey Stengel said it. I'm wrong again. It. Darn it. But Leo said... Leo said, baseball is like church. Many attend, but few understand. (laughs) That's true. true. That's true. All right, Gene, here's your quote. There are three types of baseball players. Those who make it happen, those who watch it happen, and those who wonder what happened. Who said that, Tommy Lasorda or Sparky Anderson? Sparky Anderson. You're wrong. Again, Tommy Lasorda said that. I told you I don't like looking like a fool. <laughs> I know. Hey, I know. you're 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 doing better than me. I know. I, this is just fun I, for see, me. I'm, you're right. I, I, you're right. I, I'm one for three. I'm in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Sparky Anderson said, "A baseball manager is a necessary evil." So there you go. And the last category we have is from the movies. So Eric, ready? Sure. I'm going to name a quote, and then you get double points if you can name the movie. And if you can't name the movie, just off the top of your head, I'll give you two choices. So the, okay. the quote is this. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Bull Durham. That is incorrect. Your two what? choices. Your two choices are Moneyball or The Sandlot. Sandlot. No, you're wrong again. Gene's out in the lead now. That was Moneyball. Uh, All right, next quote. Which is sad because that's the I've never actually watched Sandlot. Oh, okay. I know. Really? Just I know. I know. Everybody is shocked when I say that. But but I've watched Moneyball like five times. I love that movie. Mm. Next one for Gene is. It's like the least romantic baseball movie of all time. Anyway, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the next one, Gene, is yours. All I know is when we win a game, it's a team win. When we lose a game, it's a team loss. Do you want the choices, or do you know that one? Bull Durham. No, it's not Bull Durham. So your choices are the Bad News Bears or the Sandlot. The Bad News Bears. You are right. Boom, boom, boom. Gene just pulls ahead by a lot there. Blind... Blind squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> all right. There's some so obvious. I'll just say it because we all like it. There's no crying in baseball. A league of their own. Yes. Uh, the other one is you want to have a catch, the field of dreams. Yeah. And then here are two quotes, um, and both of them are from the same movie, and I'll give you the less known one. Uh, Eric, Ready? Never root for a team whose uniforms have elastic stretch waistbands. <laughs> and the other quote is, I see great things in baseball. It's our game, the American game. It will repair our losses. It will be a blessing to us all. They're both from the same movie. Um, you said it earlier. Oh, it's Bull Durham? It is. I don't remember either of those quotes from Bull Durham. I don't either. <laughs> Those are the <laughs> top ones. Like, hey, the internet remember. can't be wrong, can it? What? It's not something from the. You know, you know. You know the you know the quote I remember the most from Bull Durham. It was candlesticks. They make a good. 
when he's out on the mound and they're talking about it with candlesticks. <laughs> All right, so the la- we I do have a bonus category because you guys just love this game so much, and this is just the funny category. All right. I, wait. I, I guess I finally got one right. I was afraid I was yes, going to get completely did. skunked. Yes, you did. Gene, what famous uh, center fielder said this? You know, a lot of people say they didn't want to die until the Red Sox won the World Series. Well, there could be a lot of busy ambulances tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I don't Outfield know. Jesus. Who was that? Johnny Damon. Yeah, Johnny Damon. He said that. All right, Eric, This which president said this? I watch a lot of baseball on radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I'm going to go with uh, George W. Bush. No, Gerald Ford said that. Ah, Ford. Yep. Gerald I Ford. Got with that. Yeah. Perfect. Ford for, forget Chevy Chase's imitation Michigan of him. Native. Yeah. Imitation is generous. All right, Gene, your question for humor. Who said, after Jackie Robinson, the most important black in baseball history is Reggie Jackson? Who said said that? Yep. Reggie Jackson said. (laughs) Yes, he did. He did say that. He did. I was going to (laughs) say, jeez, that guy. (laughs) So lovable, right? (laughs) Oh. All right, Uh, Eric, here we go. Okay. This famous announcer that was in a great baseball movie said this, the way to catch a knuckleball is to wait until the ball stops rolling and then pick it up. Bob Euchre. You know it, Bob Euchre. I did not know that <laughs> quote, but obviously I do. Only so many baseball announcers have been in games, famously, or right. been in movies, famously. Right. right. And Gene, we're going to end it with you. This guy, I'll just give you a clue, played for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, he was a big-time hitter for a while. Um he said, a man once told me to walk with the Lord. I'd rather walk with the bases loaded. <laughs> that's an excellent quote. It's not uh, Boog Powell. It's not uh, Boog Powell. That's what I was going to say. He pl- it's an African-American uh, it's guy, played in the 90s. Uh, in the 90s? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Al Bumbry? Can I guess? Yeah, Al Bumbry, No. Barry Bonds. No, I actually got this guy's signature at one of the uh, All Star Fest when they were in Baltimore. Ken Singleton. Uh, Ken Singleton. That's He's a real. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he the was Yankees. Re- the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, he was really nice. My son was like three years old, and we we're walking around and looking at things, and we got a hat, and he signed our hat, still have it. So it wasn't a really nice guy at that uh, point. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. I've met him several times. Really, really nice guy. Right. All right, and um, we're going to end with, I didn't tell these guys, who would you like to see in the Hall of Fame next year, guys? I mean, we've had a bunch of players get close. Uh, we've got some players who are not making it in because of what they've done. There's been a recent push to get Pete Rose back on the ballot. Um, Gene, who would you like to see in the Hall of Fame next year? Well, it won't be popular, but Roger Clements. Roger Clements, the Rockets. I mean- you look here, like I, I've we've had this conversation before, and you can say whatever you want. Uh, steroids, no steroids. He's one of the best pitchers I, in, in the history of baseball, and he the stuff he did before he supposedly did the juice was enough to get him into the Hall of Fame. Kind of like the same way I feel about Barry Bonds, and the same thing I say about both those guys. There was no testing in place 
Yankees when they were doing what they were doing. So they did not technically do anything against the rules of baseball. They never got caught cheating. They never failed the drug test. How do you keep them out other than you decided arbitrarily that they shouldn't be in? Now, guys like Manny Ramirez or Alex Rodriguez who flunked tests and you know for a fact did it, I have no trouble leaving them out. But those guys that, that did it or, or that supposedly did it but we don't know for sure, how do you keep them out? I guarantee you Mike Piazza used steroids. He's in the Hall of Fame. And I guarantee you there's other guys in there that did it as well, you know, and we don't know. Yeah. And we'll never know. So how do you keep out guys that did not fail a drug test? Mm. Good points. Eric, who would you like to see in the Hall of Fame? You know, uh, I'm looking at the eligibles for 2021. I'm cheating, basically. Yes. Um, Just like the Astros. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm just sorry. using technology. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah don't do um, this. Yeah, just don't look this way. <laughs> right. Um, man. <laughs> Nothing the, to see here. The class for next year doesn't have a lot of uh, slam dunks in it. Um, gosh, Tory Hunter is maybe. Gosh, no. Way. Yeah, average. Yeah, I can't no. see him. Yeah, this this is a pretty thin class for next year. Um, boys, I'm gonna, Kurt I'm gonna Schilling, go. I, th I think Kurt Schilling's got a chance to get in next year. Oh gosh, I just hate Kurt Schilling with a passion. Yeah. Uh, so I know you, but, you, not, but you can't you, you can't hold against you can't I hold know. against what he's doing now. You know that's the problem. Yeah, People yeah, talk about that he's a right wing nut job, but you know Ty Cobb was a racist. So what do you, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true, and you can't deny him, right? Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Still, he's not going to get my vote. Not that I have a vote. Um, I, I get it. Uh, I'm trying to. They, they, you don't have like the old, old, old people here. Well, yeah, I, I don't have a good. Okay. I don't have a good. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who has because Burt Blylevin finally got in. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um. Man. Let's see. Well, let me tell a story while you're doing that. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Let me look. Well, I noticed somebody pointed out to me, and and I read an article that Ty Cobb was such a you know jerk and. Had so much attitude, but if you look at all the photos of him after he was retired, he always has his hand on a guy's shoulder. He's always, you know, like being right there, right next to guys. It was like he missed the camaraderie so much um, that it humanizes him a little bit when you look at all these pictures after the point he retired. I think he realized he probably went too far. And for my player, I, this will never happen, but sentimental reasons – I'd like to see Sweet Lou Whitaker get in on the veterans' vote, but I don't think he will. He didn't bat high enough, but I'll never forget the time he hit a two-run homer in the upper deck where my grandmother and I were sitting in Tiger Stadium. And it was the last Tiger game my grandma went to see, and it was the year 1984 when they won it all. So Sweet Lou Whitaker, I w wish you could make it into the Hall of Fame just for me and my grandma. I, I you know what I can't I can't argue that I mean if Alan Trammell's in Lou Whitaker should be in those two guys yeah, agreed guys are joined at the hip as far as I'm concerned yeah yeah that should have been a twofer yeah I um, thought Eric you're gonna bring up somebody like your favorite KC guy or something yeah I mean if, if so if we're talking sentimental um, you know Frank White to me should be in the Hall of Fame I think he should be anyway um, but uh, I mean Frank White I I mean perennial Golden Glove winner second baseman who, you know, he hit, um, you know, incredibly well in a stadium that did not lend itself to, uh, you know, a, a power hitter. Um, he's just, I, I, he's just a legend in Kansas city. I, 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 you know, I don't think he was ever even really close. I think he should have gotten, uh, 
should have gotten in. And that's because the Hall of Fame always devalues defense. And mm-hmm. he was, you know, one of the yeah, all true great. Uh, Unless you're Ozzy Smith, defense. so. Right, right. I mean, you've got to be, you know, otherworldly to uh, uh, to get in. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for doing the podcast. Listen to Boys of Summer, our podcast, folks. We appreciate your time. You can listen to Gene on Monday through Friday on sportscountry.net. And Eric's busy with his own career out in Houston, uh, waving that Kansas City Chiefs flag as much as possible. If you have any questions or comments, send it to me at gobluearnold at gmail.com. And have a great night. <laughs>